0: Welcome to the Sam Says Podcast. I'm Samantha Oldsfry, the CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, also known as IMHIP. In this podcast, we focus on all things surrounding the Illinois Medicaid Managed Care Program. I'm the Sam and Sam says. And today, as we wrap up our series on health equity, I'm so excited to welcome Andrea Glynn, Director of Clinical Services at County Care, to discuss what health plans are doing to address housing insecurity and transportation needs. Welcome,
1: Andrea. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy we're here too, that I'm here. Um, thank you for this opportunity to talk about this topic.
0: And it's such an exciting and important one. So let's let's get started. So, like tell me about the work County Care has been doing to address insecurity for your members when it comes to housing, transportation, and really more.
1: I'd like to start with the more. I'd like to start with the bigger issue um, that we're talking about circles the overall uh, concept of health equity, because I think that helps us orient the tactical work that we're doing on the topics that we're highlighting today. And we often reference uh, the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation's definition of health equity, uh, which is health equity means everyone has a fair and just opportunity to be as healthy as possible. The topics that we'll be talking about housing and transportation have a lot to do with that opportunity. Robert Wood Johnson also, uh, their definition also says that this requires removing obstacles to health, um, but specifically cites obstacles such as poverty, discrimination and their consequences, including powerlessness and lack of access to good jobs with fair pay, quality education, housing, safe environments, talk a lot about social determinants of health. It's a great thing that this has become An everyday term, it weaved into all that we do. And I think it's also. Important to remember that the social determinants of health definition that came out of the World Health Organization talks about the conditions in which people are born, grow, live, work, and age. But there is a second sentence to pay attention to, which is that these circumstances are shaped by the distribution of money, power, and resources. And so while we're going to be talking about resources, and social determinants of health, we'll remember that the S also stands for structural and ultimately we will achieve health equity when healthcare joins other sectors to change the structural determinants of health. So keeping that ultimate goal in mind, we can work on tactical strategies. So um, we're focusing today on housing and transportation and I'll start with housing. Uh, being the closest really to a structural determinant of health. In this area, particularly because of our history, our um, geographic distribution um, related to structural policy forces that um, segregated individuals in neighborhoods, in housing and uh, job opportunities, housing and where people live is a structural issue. And so we added housing to our own health equity definition at County Care, we state that health equity requires addressing systemic inequities in health care and housing access through initiatives that close the mortality gap in housed and unhoused residents of Cook County by promoting health access, secure and safe affordable housing, and advancing just policy. So we've taken housing head on. And a few of the areas um, that I would highlight are first, our direct housing investments, and then next, our work with the indirect work that's um, in the bigger multi-sector community around housing resources. On the direct front, all along, County Care has had partnerships with housing programs um, uh, a partnership with um, The Boulevard, which is a re- medical respite organization. Um, we've had partnerships with our healthcare providers that also provide housing services. They're in our network and they services, but they do it hand in hand with housing and tenancy services. Which is just a wonderful thing about um, the community providers within the Medicaid space is they are they are not specifically physical or behavioral health providers that they they weave um, programs like housing into their their very model. But over the last few years, this larger effort called the Flexible Housing Pool developed, and this is a public and private partnership between. Um, the city of Chicago and the county and um, private investors to make housing itself and tenancy support a package of services for people experiencing homelessness, able to develop a house status over the course of a three-year program. And the investment model allows Um, Investors actually to target those resources where they're needed most. And the county and the city together have made this resource available to many people in our area. But in 2020, County Care made a direct investment in the flexible housing pool. And our investment was part of the community reinvestment initiative that um, Healthcare and Family Services. Um, supported us in. And we also were part of a learning collaborative across the country. So, County Care made an investment in the, a targeted investment in the flexible housing pool. We made this investment through the community reinvestment initiative supported by healthcare and family services in response to the COVID pandemic, but also as part of our participation in a. An- Learning Collaborative called Advancing Health Equity. This learning collaborative has teams from states across the country developing payment innovations that will advance health equity through Medicaid and Medicaid managed care. And we made this investment as a payment innovation because we recognize that housing is underfunded from other sectors. And has a direct link to health outcomes. So we decided as a Medicaid managed care organization that we would contribute to the pool and make this resource of the three-year housing program available to county care members.
0: And I just want to stop you there because I think this is, I want to like underscore this, highlight it, jump up and down, put a million exclamation points. A Medicaid health plan, looked at the landscape, used reinvestment dollars, part of their capitation payments, to reinvest within the community to address housing, to make an investment in this flexible housing pool, if it weren't for Medicaid managed care, that investment wouldn't have happened. And that if it weren't for county care, if it weren't for your guys' passionate and compassionate leadership, fewer folks would have housing today. Than they did because of your guys' investment. And I just think, goodness, when we think of insurance companies, we think of managed care. I don't think people think of that. They think of, you know, just paying claims or um call centers. But you guys do so much more. And you are really impacting people's lives and bending that arc towards better equity on a daily basis. And I just, I need to like
1: underscore that because it's, it's such an important point. Thank you. What's really important is that we are participating, but it is a collective, the flexible housing pool, no organization or funder can reverse these disparities alone. And, participating in the flexible housing pool is something we'd love to talk about with other organizations, whether they're Medicaid, managed care organizations, or any other organization that wants to also participate and make the impact greater. Because the social good really happens when there is a critical mass of housing available to um, those who are in the lowest income brackets that we serve in the Medicaid program,
0: and, and I love—I mean, that's a continual theme we see as we talk here on Sam says. As we talk about how do we address social determinants of health, and like you said, it's something we all talk about every day now. So, I mean, you know, I don't know that before. MCOs, if we were really having in the Medicaid space enough of a collaborative, robust discussion around social determinants of health, and now we are um, on a regular basis. It is, I don't know if I go a meeting without talking about SDOH. And I, I say that in such a positive way. But in that, no one funder, no one payer, no one organization, whether it's the state of Illinois, whether it's Cook County, whether it's you know, big blue cross or a big hospital, like, you know, Northwestern, no one entity can fix it alone and, and can, uh, can bring about change. And so it's really that collaboration and the flexible housing pool is such a great example of that collaboration um, of the need, which is so large um, and the willingness of people to step up and partner and begin to make change and, um, There's so much I want to talk about and I want to dive in too. And I know that we will probably have to have you come back for sure, because there's so much here in county care, along with all the MCOs does just amazing work. But one thing I know that you guys do that I want to make sure we have a a second to touch on is how you use data to determine and prioritize your outreach efforts and programs to better achieve equity? Because I think you guys um, have really approached this in a meaningful way. And I think it's just important to highlight beyond what you're doing with flexible housing, you're using data to impact disproportionately impacted areas. Is that right?
1: Yes. The area of disproportionately impacted um, areas is is relatively new in the Medicaid program as a a specific concept. Um, But what's not new is that Medicaid actually has always served disproportionately impacted areas. And what we found is 80% of county care members live in DIA zip codes. And let me just back up and say this designation of DIA comes from the commerce sector. It's, it relates to the economic health of zip codes in our state. So this is an, of addressing the fact that poverty is, is the greatest driver of health inequity. So looking at zip codes that are disproportionately impacted by economic health um, helps us look at Um, physical, behavioral, and holistic health of people. It allows us to target and um, be thoughtful about how areas are um, not just one thing. One DIA is not the same as another. Um, they may have in common um, certain thresholds for economic challenges, but what we found is when we look at the zip codes that are designated as DIAs and cross that with other health indicators, there are many strengths in those communities. And health outcomes um, may not be across the board low in proportion to the lower economic challenges. Um, it depends on the area, depends on the, um, the community assets and the way we in the healthcare setting collaborate with community assets. So they may be vibrant, um, health centers, local hospitals, most often um, community organizations that are not strictly related to healthcare themselves, such as faith organizations or community um, centers. And the DIA data um, allows us to target the strengths as well as the gaps and be more specific about reaching out with those communities. To build strengths in the health of the community. The
0: idea of being purposeful, and I think data um, is critical in this. And I think there's a long way to go in the data that we have, but DIA zip codes is a, a nice place to start because, like you said, it recognize it there around commerce and, and it recognizes poverty. And as we all know, poverty impacts so much of our of individuals' lives. Um, but what I also love that you say, in, is that even in Cook County, one county, that these DIA zip codes, there's variance among them, and what and the needs of these communities vary. And I think that's something that you and I know, Andrea, um, but it's not something that's always recognized, sort of, in the broader context that that these these are separate communities, and uh, what the community needs is different and that we talk about this in the public policy landscape all of the time, is that so rarely does a one size fits all approach get it right. You know, a fee for service, a, you know, everybody has to do it this way. It, It rarely addresses the nuance of the challenges that Medicaid members face because a Medicaid member in, you know, in Evanston, Is going to have a really different experience than a Medicaid member in Chatham, than a Medicaid member um, in Austin. And And even drilling down beyond that, like where within each of those neighborhoods and, you know, and within the city of Evanston. And so just acknowledging that even even within a county, even if you say, okay, DIA zip codes, there's nuance and there's variation is so important because that then using that data, looking at that, you can tailor your programs, your outreach, your investments in a more meaningful way to better serve. And meet Medicaid members where they are.
1: Yeah, I think that what this topic has in common with what we were talking about with housing, again, is about being part of the collective mm-hmm. and part and partnering. Um, we we all work within um, our. Immediate sphere of influence and take on the responsibility of making a difference through whatever we can influence ourselves. But what is influencing outcomes is always a collective phenomenon, and so engaging differently um, with different areas and partners becomes part of of the the potential to change our understanding of like the housing landscape, for example, is not just um, the power of making a direct investment for individual members who are served, but by partnering with programs that are already doing this work, regardless of Medicaid, regardless of which Medicaid organization a um, um, somebody using Medicaid benefits happens to be in. So, what we have to remember, whether it's in a DIA zip code or in a specific program, is that the landscape is, is broad and rich. And learning about what's already happening and partnering with the people doing that work is um, perhaps more powerful than what you know any of us does uh, on our own. So mm-hmm. in housing, there's programs that are, you know, well established that are providing rental. Um, you know, respite resources, outreach. Um, and and it's as important for us to spend our time working with them as our money, um, investing in additional resources ourselves. Uh, the collaboration, the communication, the extension of the idea of an interdisciplinary team working around somebody's health, including um, the People in the community and in different sectors like the housing sector is truly addressing, you know, the social determinants of health.
0: Oh, and I just I think this is the perfect place to stop because it's really hitting, you know, all the high, high um watermarks and points that we always try to make and underscoring the collective, the collaborative, the working with those in the community, recognizing that each community has different strengths, has different resources, recognizing that. Sometimes what is needed most isn't dollars, but information. Um, is time? Is volunteers? Is you know connecting the dots for an organization? And that you guys are on the ground doing that work. That that we are, and then it makes a difference in people's lives. That this isn't just some academic discussion that sounds good um, in a classroom. That this is really happening in neighborhoods, and zip codes, in communities that need it most, and. That it's making a difference. And so I'm just so grateful that you spent a little time out of your day today to talk with me, to talk with our listeners to, about the great work that you guys are doing, about why it matters. And um, I just hope that you can come back in the future and talk about all the other work that you're doing because we just like, this was just like the tiniest tip of the iceberg. I feel like this was an ice cube compared to all of the work that you guys are doing. <laughs> um, and I'm just so grateful for you, Andrea. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I totally agree. I, I love that idea that this is just an ice cube, um, on podcasts too. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, sometimes, uh, podcasts, Uh, recommend others. Um, I don't know, Samantha, if you have heard of the SIREN Coffee and Science series, but it is um, called SIREN Social Interventions Research and Evaluation Network. And they have a podcast series that looks at the social determinants of health. It's out of the University of California, San Francisco School of Medicine. So if that's of interest um, for those who like listening to podcasts about these issues, I thought I'd share that too.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. And we, I do, I am familiar. It is so great. Thank you for that plug. And of course, um, you know, for our listeners want to learn more about I'm HIP, please do check out our website. Um, You can listen to our full health equity series as well. And um, our website is I'mHIP.net. And of course, don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Samantha Olds-Fry, the Sam and Sam Says. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, be well and stay safe.